All right, now still in the green hymnals, turn with me to page 311. Page 311. <clears throat> Because we were unable to do so and he loved us. He cares for us. He works all things out for our good. What a Savior. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more uh, subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? 
And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, You shall, eat, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So return with me to Genesis chapter 3. Now, for those of you who have been following us, we have moved around quite a bit. We were looking in Revelation at the seven churches and God's message to them through John. And we looked at the Ten Commandments for a little while and we will return to them eventually. But then we started looking at how we are to keep the Ten Commandments like on a practical daily basis. Not that that saves us, not that that uh, gives us extra favor from God, but it's being obedient. And as we sing often, the only way to be happy in Jesus is to trust Him and obey Him. Jesus Himself said, if you love me, you will do what I say. And He said, why do you say you love me and don't do what I say? So His Word, His Word is so important. And we've looked at uh, where the battle that we face every day uh, exists, and it's in our minds. We know that. We are tempted. We are persuaded by evil to uh, be drawn away from God. But praise God, He has overcome the world. He said, you will have tribulation in the world. But then He said, cheer up. Be of good cheer. Be happy in your heart. And in your mind, why? Because I, he said, have overcome the world. And he overcame the world and all of your enemies and his enemies, which are the same, by the way, because he loved you. All right. So, the question this morning that I want to pose is, what's the origin of this battle? What's the origin of this battle that we face every day as we try to follow the Lord? There are so many temptations in the world. They're everywhere. And the enemy seems to always be present to present those to us, doesn't he? He does. So let's look at the origin of this spiritual battle for a little bit this morning in Genesis chapter 3. Now, Brother Gene read for us down to uh, verse 8 in Genesis chapter 3. We see what happened. We see that Eve was tempted, beguiled, fooled, tricked into thinking that it was okay to disobey God and eat of the one tree in the entire Garden of Eden that God had said don't eat of that one. And he gave them a very 
straightforward warning. If you do, in that same day, you're going to die. And again, as we've already pointed out this morning, all of God's promises are true. And it happens. So, let's uh, take up where Brother Gene left off in verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Now this is the same Adam that walked with God in the garden in the cool of the day. Walked on holy ground. But now he's changed. Something abrupt has happened to him. And this change is brought on by his disobedience to God. Yes, he was responsible. She talked him into it or told him, presented it to him, said it's yeah, no kidding that the serpent told me that, it, that it's good. But he chose to partake of that fruit. He chose to disobey God. And he said, verse 11, God said, Who told thee thou was naked? God knew, of course. But he was looking for a response from Adam. Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten? Of the tree, wherever I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat. God knew that. It's like when God uh, spoke to Cain. He knew where his brother was. But he asked him to get a response from him. And of course his response was, am I my brother's keeper? The Lord knew. And the man said, it's that woman that you gave me, Lord. He pointed to her, didn't he? You know, we still have that same tendency. Not necessarily to point to the woman, but to point to somewhere else. It's not really my fault. Oh, but it was. The man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, you gave me the woman. It's really your fault, God. Because she beguiled me. Okay. Man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? So, learning quickly from her husband, she said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this. I'm not going to start on this yet. All right. So, the serpent beguiled her. The serpent spoke to her. The serpent had been entered by Satan. And so, the serpent spoke. Well, people ask, did the animals speak in the Garden of Eden before the fall? Well, this one did. Did the animal speak after the fall? Well, the donkey did, didn't he? But it's because their mouths were opened by a power above themselves. Yes, the Garden of Eden account is absolutely factual. It's true. Yes, the serpent spoke. That serpent 
most likely was a beautiful creature. And I would venture to say Eve's favorite. She trusted it. She trusted that serpent to be truthful and to guide her correctly. Most likely this serpent walked upright. Because we're going to see where the serpent is cursed to crawl on its belly from now on. For the rest of time. Probably a beautiful animal. And again, probably her favorite because she, she listened to it. She listened to. Again, in Numbers 22 and 28, we see that the donkey also spoke. And we see that he was given power to do so, or ability to do so. Okay. Now, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. Or the curse is going to be worse on you than all cattle. And above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Now, the animal, the serpent, was cursed himself. But Satan, that dwelled in that animal, and that spoke through that animal to Eve to deceive her, to make her think it's okay to uh, disobey God, was also cursed. Not only the serpent, but Satan was cursed. The serpent was cursed to not have any legs anymore. It's going to crawl around in the dust of the earth. From now on, some serpents have legs. Yes, they do. But they crawl on the ground where the dirt is. Satan was an angel in heaven. He was cursed to be on the earth and never again enter into heaven because of this thing that he done. Verse 14, we read, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. This is the origin of the spiritual battle that we face. This is the evil versus good that's still going on. And really, when you look deep into it, it's the same picture. It is. It's Satan using others to deceive God's people into thinking, if you think it's okay, don't worry about what God says. It's okay if you think it is. Whatever's right for you. The exact same thing is going on in our lives today, isn't it? For every one of us. What we're seeing here is our need for a Savior. We're seeing this human nature that is opposed to God come forth. Verse 15 says, and the Lord is still talking 
to the serpent and to Satan. He says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. First of all, the animal itself, the serpent, was cursed to crawl on his belly. Enmity between the woman and the serpent. God predicted it. He, he said, "This is I'm going to do it. I'm going to put enmity. And it always makes me think of Mama. Because when I was a little kid, she taught me over and over, a good snake is one that the head's over here and his body's over here somewhere. Period. When I got my little 410, she had me busy. We lived across from a pond that had moccasins in it. And that's in a lot of women, isn't it? Yeah, y'all don't like snakes. That's a general rule. And then, there's Satan, the enemy. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. He's talking about Jesus Christ here. I want us to see that. Jesus Christ is the seed of a woman, but not the seed of a man. You are, and I am. But there was no man involved in the conception of Jesus Christ. Rather, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, the Bible tells us. So there was that fallen nature that you and I inherited because of this fall in the garden. It's ours. It's all of ours. We inherited it. But it didn't affect him. Why? Because that human nature is passed down through the man. See, God's plan is perfect, isn't it? It absolutely is. Perfect. That's how Jesus Christ qualified to stand in your place. To live a life that you couldn't live without sin. He did it. He qualified to please God on your behalf. Oh, what a Savior. He loved you that much that He sent His only begotten Son. Knowing what He was going to have to go through. Knowing that He was going to suffer. Knowing that He was going to die. Yet He raised Him from the dead, triumphant over this enemy. The enemy hasn't changed. Enemies the same, God's the same. The story, the account is the same. I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. So there's enmity between the Son of God, the seed of the woman, and Satan. This is another name of Jesus Christ right here when it says it. I will put enmity between thee and the woman between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. Who's it? The seed of the woman. Not a seed of a man. The seed of a woman. The only person ever who was only the seed of a woman. God himself. 
in the form of Jesus Christ, you see. In Luke 10, 18. Yeah, we can turn there. Luke 10, 18. Let's take a look at that. I want you to see the seed of the woman speaking of the enemy. The seed of the woman telling us about the enemy, Satan. And what happened back at this time that we're reading about in Genesis 3. So where did I say Luke 10, 18? All right. Lord's responding to a question. So, in verse 17, Luke chapter 17, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 10, verse 17, there we are, we're on the same page. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. You see, that's power that God has given his people over the enemy. They were rejoicing because of that, weren't they? Yes. And Jesus said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. That's what happened in Genesis 3. Satan was expelled from heaven. You've seen lightning strike. It's fast. It's powerful. It's scary. It's devastating, isn't it? When God speaks, things happen. He spoke this whole world into existence in six days. You imagine the sight of lightning strikes. How fast billions of things were happening. Six days. Literally six literal days. Yes, the Bible does say that a day is as a thousand years to the Lord. That just tells me that he can pack a thousand days worth of creation into one day. He's powerful. He dispelled Satan from heaven because of this curse he passed on him. And the same curse that was on the serpent, was on Satan. He's stuck now down here to crawl. What a Savior. Oh, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, verse 19, I give you power. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. The enemy. And over all the power of the enemy. How much power of the enemy? All of it. All of it. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And that's a wonderful 
powerful thing to possess, to have, to know that we have. But the next thing he says is, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not. They were rejoicing because even the spirits obeyed their word through him. He said, no, don't do that. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. Rejoice that you belong to me. Nothing can hurt you because you're mine. And I paid the price for your redemption. I stood in your place before God the Father. And you are accepted in his sight through me. All right. Turn with me now to the book of Job. Behind Esther. Book of Job. Again, we're talking about the origin of the spiritual battle that we find ourselves in as we seek God and seek to live for Him in this life. All right? So what's Satan doing? What's the enemy doing? He's been cast down to earth. He's crawling and eating dust, according to Genesis 3. So what is he doing? All right, so we're in the book of Job. First chapter. Let's begin in verse 6. Job 1 and 6. Now there was a day. This is not the only day. We see a little later uh, here in verse 2 that there was another day. But Verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now I want you to notice that every being is subject to God. Every single, I don't care who you are. You're subject to God. You answer to Him. Whether you know it or not. And we pray that you know it. That you are His. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. That's his destiny. That's part of his curse. That's what he's doing because that's what God told him he would do. Why? Genesis 3 said, Because thou hast done this. Because of what he did and beguiled Eve. And the Lord said unto Satan, verse 8, Job chapter 1, Hast thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth Evil. So, who brought 
Job to the table. God did. Job didn't ask God, can I go mess with Job? And I'll try to prove to you that he's just trusting you because he's got all this good stuff you've let him have and this good life and all these children you've let him have. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Bad things do happen to us, and we are tempted. God tempts no man, but he does allow it. He allows us to get sick. He allows us to get caught up in the world. And he brings us to the end of ourselves where there's nothing left but him. That's how he shows us our need of him. First Peter chapter five. So we just established what's Satan doing? He's going to and fro, up and down in the earth. He has a mission. It hasn't changed. His mission was to deceive God's children into disobeying God's law. It's the same. God doesn't change. His enemy hasn't changed. So what's he doing? First Peter chapter five. Excuse me. All right, let's begin in verse eight. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Be sober. Be vigilant. Uh, be vigilant. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? First of all, this doesn't just mean don't get drunk when it says be sober. It's the things of this world and the love of these things that intoxicate us. What happens when we're intoxicated? Well, we don't respond properly, do we? No, we don't. We're slow to remember whose we are. We're slow to remember that we're God's child and we have His promises and His Word to stand on and believe in, trust in. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, same one, was in the Garden of Eden. Your enemy, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. All this, this is the battle that we're in every day if we're trusting in the Lord, if we're seeking Him. He's going to and fro, just like He told the Lord in the book of Job. What's He doing as He goes to and fro? 
He's seeking souls to deceive. That's what he's doing. The exact same thing he did in the Garden of Eden. He still wants to overthrow God. He still wants people to believe that they don't have to listen to God. They don't have to go by God's Word. They can do what they think is right. And everything will be wonderful. But everything isn't wonderful when we don't follow the principles of God. The Ten Commandments? Yes, those are God's moral laws for us. But where did they come from? They are a reflection of God's moral character. You see, that's what He's doing when we trust in Him. He's drawing us closer to Him, isn't He? The Bible says that He's conforming us like a potter takes a lump of clay and forms it into something beautiful. God is doing that to you today. If you realize that when He died on the cross of Calvary, you were on His mind. When He hung on that cross, your sins, every single one of them, were hanging on Him. Oh, when you realize that, you can have comfort in your heart. Why? Because all these problems, all these issues, all these circumstances that you find yourself in and can't get out of, He can and will bring you through them when you depend on Him. What a great Savior. Verse 9 says, and he's talking about your adversary, the devil, walking about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast. How do we resist? By trusting in God. It's exactly what he says. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. In the faith. Believing that God is your Savior once again. That he died for you personally. Because he knew you. He's always known you. He loves you. He always has loved you. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We're not alone. You're not alone. We are all in this life together. One thing I wanted to mention back in Genesis chapter 3, This is just kind of a side note, but I wanted to mention it. Back in verse 7, we see Adam and Eve's response to knowing that they were naked. All of a sudden, they knew that they were different. And the difference made them ashamed. Verse 7 says, And the eyes of them, Adam and Eve, both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Verse 8. 
Interesting. They sewed fig leaves together to cover their nakedness. Now the sewing together of the fig leaves represents works of our hands, right? Back to Cain and Abel. One sacrifice represented Jesus Christ and his shed blood yet to come. Many, many centuries later, the other was fruit or vegetables grown by somebody tending it. Remember, it's a cursed earth now after Genesis 3. God didn't accept the work of Cain's hands. The fig leaves did not cover their nakedness to God. Now to them, it looked pretty good. I can't see your shame anymore. You can't see my shame anymore. But God saw right through the works of their hands. He saw right through those fig leaves. It's interesting also to me, uh, we have an account of the only tree we have an account of Jesus Christ cursing. We'll look at it right quick. I just thought this was really interesting. Matthew 21. Matthew 21. And you may have all seen this before but alright Matthew 21 18 now in the morning as he returned into the city he hungered who is this it's the Lord it's Jesus Christ in the flesh and when he saw a fig tree in the way he came to it and found nothing thereon it didn't have any figs on it he was hungry, and he came to the tree for food, all right, and said unto it, he found nothing thereon, but leaves only. That's interesting, leaves only. What did Adam and Eve sow together? Leaves. What kind of leaves? Big leaves. And he said unto the tree, let no fruit grow on thee hitch forth hitch forward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Presently like now. Like Satan being disbarred and thrown out of heaven, like lightning. God spoke and it was done. There's power in his word, isn't there? Power in his voice. Okay, so what's relevant about that? Well, figs are food. What does food do? Well, it sustains life, right? Absolutely. Jesus came to that tree for food. Why? Because he was hungry. It says it plainly. But that tree provided no life-giving food. 
Lord talks about a good tree and a bad tree. Good tree produces good fruit, the bad tree does not. He cursed that tree. It's the only tree that we have record of him cursing. In Genesis, a little further, Adam and Eve are thrown out of the garden. And there is that that God put in place to keep them out of the garden. And he said, lest man put forth his hand now and take of the tree of life. Remember the tree of life? It was in the same place that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was in the midst of the garden, remember? But that tree of life represented Jesus, the Son of God. That's who we must partake of to receive the life-giving nourishment that we need. I just thought that was interesting about the fig tree and it only had leaves. The coverings that they made, it only had the physical appearance of hiding their sin. It didn't have the life-giving of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. See, he covered them with what? Coats of skins. An innocent living animal. God slew it. And he took and made coats of skins to cover them. And in God's eyes now, they weren't naked anymore. Now he didn't see their shame. Why? Because he was looking through the blood of Christ that that animal's skins represented, you see. Only in Christ. The Lord said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to the Father but by me. Oh, won't you put all your faith in him this morning? He has provided all that you need. He is the only Savior. The enemy is the same. The Lord said, in this world you're going to have tribulation. But, be of good cheer. Don't let that bother you. Don't let it worry you. Count on Him and He'll deliver you from whatever it is that Satan is throwing at you. What a Savior.